See me not, she said, and the vision of her, or whatever it was, vanished. It wasn't unusual for girls as young as Tiffany to go into service, working as a maid somewhere, but Tiffany practically ran Home Farm's dairy by herself, and her parents had been surprised she'd wanted to. But, as Tiffany said, it got you out into the world. You never knew what it could lead to. That, rather cunningly, got her mother on her side. Her mother's aunt had gone off to be a scullery maid, then a parlour maid, had worked her way up to housekeeper, had married a butler, and now lived in a fine house. It wasn't her fine house, but she was practically a lady. Tiffany didn't intend to be a lady, though. This was all a ruse, and Miss Tick was in on it. Miss Tick was a sort of witch-finder. That seemed to be how witchcraft worked. Some witches kept a magical lookout for girls who showed promise and found them an older witch to help them along. But you weren't allowed to charge money for the witching. So all witches did some other job as well. Miss Tick was basically a witch disguised as a teacher. She travelled from place to place teaching anything to anybody in exchange for food or old clothes. And over the last year, Tiffany's mother had been quite surprised at Tiffany's sudden thirst for education. But then a month ago, the message had come, Be ready. So Miss Tick had visited the farm and had explained to Mr and Mrs Aking that an elderly lady up in the mountains had heard of Tiffany's excellent prowess with cheese and was willing to offer her the post of maid at four dollars a month. It was a good offer. Her parents had been slightly scared of Miss Tick, but had been brought up to believe that people who used long words were quite important, so they'd agreed. So here she was, wrapping her old boots, which had been worn by all her sisters before her, and putting them in the second-hand suitcase her mother had bought her. It looked as if it were made of bad cardboard or pressed grape pips mixed with earwax and had to be held together with string. Then there were goodbyes. She cried a bit, her mother cried a lot, and her little brother Wentworth cried as well, just in case he could get a sweet for doing so. Tiffany's father didn't cry, but gave her a silver dollar and gruffly told her to be sure to write home every week, which is a man's way of crying. Then everyone stood at the gate and waved to her and Miss Tick until they'd gone nearly all the way down the chalky white lane to the village. And then there was silence, except for the sound of their boots on the flinty surface and the endless song of the skylarks overhead. It was late August, very hot, and the new boots pinched. I should take them off, Tiffany. Tiffany didn't bother to ask how Miss Tick knew about the tight new boots. She got her old boots out of the case. They were much more comfortable. They'd been walking since long before Tiffany was born and knew how to do it. And are we going to see any um, little men today? said Miss Tick once they were walking again. I don't know. I told them I was leaving, but there's always one or two of them watching me. Miss Tick sighed. When I was a little girl, I'd have loved to see the Pictses. I used to put out little saucers of milk. No, you should have used strong liquor. Tiffany glanced at the hedge and thought she saw for the snap of a second a flash of red hair. And she smiled.
Tiffany had once been, if only for a short time, the nearest a human can be to a queen of the fairies. Admittedly, she'd been called a Kelder rather than Queen, and the Nakmak Fiegel should only be called fairies to their face if you were looking for a fight. On the other hand, they were always looking for a fight, and if one was all by himself, he'd kick his own nose just to keep in practice. Technically, they had lived in fairyland, but had been thrown out, probably for being drunk. And now they watched her to help and protect her because if you'd ever been their Kelder, they never forgot you. Her last visit to the ancient burial mound high on the chalk down where the Pictuses lived had been to attend the wedding of Rob Anybody, the big man of the clan, to Jeannie of the Long Lake. She was the new Kelder and was going to spend most of the rest of her life having babies like a queen bee.